Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Prince William and Duchess Kate show off their dance moves in the Caribbean as their tour is met with protest. And I think that, you know, their feelings are probably very, very valid and they have a long history and lots of frustrations that I'm sure they feel. Meghan Markle is set to launch her podcast as the palace prepares for Queen Elizabeth to attend Prince Philip's memorial. Yeah, I think that this is just a case where they are going to do absolutely everything to get her there. It is so important for her to be there. And Stuart Pierce, author of Princess Diana, The Voice of Change, reveals that Prince Harry's upcoming memoir will not take aim at the royal family. I feel the book will actually be candid, but it won't be excoriating. You know, it won't rip the skin off anybody (laughs) or burn anybody. There's far too much delicacy going on there. We've got that plus so much more in today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina, that's Christine, and welcome to another week of big royal news, Christine. I know, it's such a, there's so much going on this week, it's really exciting, and I I want to apologize, I'm recovering from a cold, so I think I sound terrible, so just (laughs) bear with me. (laughs) I was going to say the same thing about myself, if I um, go into a coughing fit, I apologize. So (laughs) This will be a fun show, you and I trying to get through. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. We'll get through it together. And before we get to all the news, we want to check in and see what you guys had to say about last week's show. Kicking it off with Arnold says, Harry doesn't feel safe in the UK, period. Which, I mean, is, I guess, true, which is why he's not Maybe one of the reasons why he's not coming to Prince Philip's memorial. It is interesting as we hear about more and more kings and queens and foreign royalty coming to this memorial that, you know, it's interesting to weigh that against Harry's decision. And I think it is something he just does not feel comfortable being there, period. Mm -hmm. Yeah, period. Not at all. There's (laughs) probably a lot of different factors. But Jonesy says it's really sad to see the distance between the brothers. They used to be so close. Hopefully they can rebuild their relationship in the future. Yeah. Like everything that we talk about, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We don't know if they zoom on the daily, talk on the daily. We don't know. Um, but yeah, but I mean, from what we hear, the the distance is still between the two of them. Yeah. And it's really difficult to to hear those things that they are so, so distanced because we knew them as, you know, very, very close. Right. Yeah. And then finally, Mark Bruce says, one thing I did notice was how relaxed everyone was at the Commonwealth Day service. I think Carrie not being there did everyone a favor. I mean, compared to the last Commonwealth Day service. Sure. Yes, <laughs> it was. I think, yeah, definitely. Compared to the the last one, it was very, very tense. But in general, it's a very 
joyful, upbeat service. So I think that this was more reflective of what it normally would look like. Definitely. All right. Well, let's get into our Royal Roundup and kick it off with Kate and Williams Caribbean tour. Love seeing the fashion the fun, and the fun that they're having on this tour so far. Now, this is on behalf of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. They showed off their dance moves in Belize. Take a look. <laughs> Oh, I always love seeing William rock a dance move. <laughs> so funny. Such a fun event. We, I mean, it's so silly. Um, it must be very, you know, they know that the cameras are on them. They know that, you know, the world is going to see them, you know, having a little shimmy. I had to laugh when I saw the video clips. Oh, They've been totally. clearly having fun. So much fun. But the trip did have a bit of a rocky start. The pair was scheduled to visit a different cocoa farm in the foothills of the Maya Mountains. But it was canceled after villagers staged a protest about colonialism and the use of a football field by the royals for landing their helicopters. Villagers in Indian Creek were photographed on Friday with signs saying Prince William leave our land. Um, now, it seems like this was more about um, not really necessarily about the royals necessarily, but more about, you know, about colonialism and things like that, about like what was kind of going on on the ground. Right. It was interesting to kind of hear more nuanced details about it. I guess it had to do with where they were landing the helicopter yeah. and the fact that the local government didn't really seek the permission of the mm -hmm. local people. Um, and I think that, you know, their feelings are probably very, very valid and they have a long history and lots of frustrations that I'm sure they feel. But I did hear an interesting point of view that was from the owner of the farm. And he said that meeting William and Kate would have been the honor of his lifetime, basically. And now he's lost out on that. So I, I found this a really interesting um, introspective of these royal events where they can, you know, both highlight major issues like colonialism, but also, you know, for that one farmer, it would have been so meaningful. Right. Yeah. Now it's a, it's it's a, it's a shame, but you know, they were able to uh, move it to a different cocoa farm, and they looked like they were having a lot of fun together. <laughs> they made some hot chocolate, which uh, William said that his kids would be very jealous of. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I love the quotes that come out of these tours. Yeah. We always learn so much about them. Yes, and they also look like total tourists when they visited the ruins they i was like oh mom and dad on vacation totally exactly yeah it's like them posing at the top with their hands on their hips <laughs> i love that and of course everybody's talking about kate's fashion and she did give a, a little nod to princess diana on her first uh, day of fashion choices with her jewelry right yes yes she wore a stunning blue sapphire set that is kind of in that iconic Princess Diana style. Um, it's rumored to be uh, created from sapphires from Diana's personal collection. And it's so nice that, you know, little bits of Diana are always carried out through William and Kate's work. Yeah, it really is. And then, you know, they're going to be heading to Jamaica and the Bahamas. Uh, so they have a nice uh, little, little island getaway, which um, I'm I, sure is going to be a lot of fun. 
so nice after what felt like a long kind of gray winter to see mm-hmm. them in the tropics. Now the weather here is getting a bit nicer and sunnier. A lot of optimism. I think. A lot of it. Definitely. All right. Well, Megan Markle and Prince Harry are supporting the people of Ukraine. The Archwell Foundation announced that the pair have donated to several organizations working on the ground to support the Ukrainian people. In a statement, the couple said, all of us at Archwell have been inspired by the work of these organizations have taken on and also by the stories from those on the front lines. Now, Prince Harry also thank the Halo Trust, which is the humanitarian landmine removal. As we uh, may, may recall, Princess Diana worked with the organization and Harry has followed in the footsteps. Take a look. I mean, you guys are you're saving lives every single day. I mean, I know you're part of Halo, so that's that's exactly what you signed up to do. And I know that you're going to continue doing the work that is so desperately needed um, for Halo, uh, for your families and for your country. How can we help? How can people help? What is the best way for people to help? Because there are so many people watching on feeling completely helpless. Spreading the safety messages will help. The more people see them, the more people stay safe. Um, You can donate to help our organization as well. Yeah, obviously, this is something that has been um, that Harry has supported for quite some time. There's those uh, infamous or those famous photos of Princess Diana walking through the landmines. Harry did it as well. And so now he is uh, thanking them and checking in with them to see how people can help the Ukrainian people as um, they're going through this unbelievable war with Russia. It's unbelievable. You know, the Halo Trust really is a legacy that Prince Harry has carried on and turned it almost into an iconic cause. You know, those photographs, both of Diana and of Harry, are really iconic. And it's really helped to raise awareness for the work that they're doing. And I do think that Prince, you know, anybody um, raising awareness and supporting the Ukrainian people at this point is so important and valuable to them. And I also imagine that those people in this really dire circumstance maybe feel a little bit um, a little bit special to be supported by these people, you know, like the someone in such a high place of power is thinking of them. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Everybody's taking notice and everybody's praying and hoping and doing what they can. So yeah, it's, it's great that they're giving back and uh, more news coming out from Harry and Megan is that she is, Megan is gearing up to release her debut podcast this summer. Now this comes a little over a year after she and Prince Harry signed a reported $25 million deal with Spotify. Now there has been some controversy um, there. This podcast was delayed for a little while because of a lot of um, COVID misinformation that was being released by some of the other podcasts on Spotify, but they seem to have uh, worked that out. Yeah, this does seem to be a, a, a story that never ends in the sense that we keep getting twists and turns and new drips of information. Um, one thing that was interesting about the recent statement is that they've said it's Megan's podcast. They didn't mention Prince Harry, and I think he was initially involved in the project. Um, but I do believe it's meant to spotlight strong female voices. So it would make sense if Megan kind of spearheads that project. Really exciting. I do hope that we can hear the, you know, the first real episode very soon, because I know a lot of people are looking forward to it. Right. Yeah. We had that one uh, episode back in 2020, right around uh, the holidays when they released that. And it was very like, you know, celebrity interviews and things like that. So, but like you said, it's probably going to be focused more on strong women, probably a celebrity tie-in who knows, but definitely something that we're all going to be listening to. Definitely. All right. Well, speaking of uh, new jobs, Camilla Duchess of Cornwall is now the patron of the national theater, a title that was previously held by Megan. Now this makes the first of Megan's patronages to be handed over to another member of the Royal family. I feel like this has been, um, I mean, they left a while ago. So 
didn't move too fast. <laughs> Moving over the did, you know, yeah, definitely. I think with COVID, they've kind of right. just let this lie for yeah. a while. It's not like there was any ability to go out and visit the patronages. Very true. <laughs> um, but I think the National Theater was one of the organizations that was um, most disappointed in the representation that they were getting from the Royal patron. I think it was a great opportunity for Megan, but obviously when she stepped away, um, it wasn't her place to, you know, represent them or be their patron anymore. Uh, but I, I hear it's Camilla has been, um, interested in being their Royal patron for a really mm -hmm. long time. So I think she's really excited about it. National theater is really excited to have someone represent them. So I think it's a great partnership. Yeah. And I wonder how the rest of the patronages that Megan had, she had four of them, how they will be dispersed to the other members of the royal family. So we'll have to wait and see. Kate uh, took over the rugby one from Prince Harry not too long ago. So it seems like they're slowly starting to um, divvy those out. Right, exactly. We're slowly starting to see those being picked up again. And again, I'm sure those organizations are really keen to have someone represent them. Definitely. All right. Well, now it is time to spill the royalty. And let's continue our talk about Prince Harry and Meghan, because there are rumors that they will be in attendance on this Sunday's Oscars. Now, The Sun reports that they may present the award for Best Picture. However, they had reportedly been uh, lined up to initially um, present the award for Best Actress, but um, the plan was scrapped because Kristen Stewart is, of course, nominated for her role as Princess Diana in Spencer, a, a film about the life of Princess Diana. So probably would be a little awkward if uh, she oh, won. Terribly awkward. <laughs> but, yes, very, very awkward. But what do we think about this? Do you think that Harry and Meghan will be making an appearance? I mean, uh, presenting the last award of the night, kind of a big deal. Um, but all of this in the midst of him not going to the memorial has people talking. Right. I mean, it would definitely be a huge opportunity for them. And we know, you know, they did attend the, those military awards and forgive me, I forget the name, but I think that that yeah. was more um, because of Harry's really strong support of the military veterans and their families. Mm -hmm. So I will be so interested to see if they do this, because obviously acting is something that Megan was hugely um, passionate about. Uh, I think it will be, again, really, really interesting to see if they do attend in light of them not attending other high profile events. Um, but again, I suppose that the security at the Oscars would be huge. Right. But then again, security at these, you know, like at Prince Williams, Prince Philip's Memorial would also be, you know, really, really secure. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. I'm sure I'm sure it'll be a, a much talked about event if they do show up. I mean, it already is. All right. Well, this is a, a crazy, crazy story. So actor Simon Rex said on Twitter that years ago, a British tabloid offered him a significant sum of money to claim that he had romantic relations with Meghan Markle. So he said that he declined the offer and he retweeted a post from another account that included an excerpt from an interview that he recently did with The Guardian. He said to the magazine, UK tabloids off offered Simon Rex 70K to claim that he had slept with Markle, with whom he appeared in the sitcom Cuts. Now, their off-screen interactions never got further than one platonic lunch. Now, the tweet read, I was broke as F. I really needed the money, but I'll be on food stamps before I do that. Now, he confirmed the claims um, on Twitter, and he wrote, this is true. And I framed the thank you letter she wrote me. She was very, she has very nice penmanship, by the way. This is crazy how, like, the British tabloids, you know, obviously she's had a long-standing um you know, disagreements with them to say the least, 
for quite some times, but it's crazy the lengths that they would go to make up a story about her. You know, this is the second or third time I've heard, especially this very specific 70,000 pound figure, mm-hmm. which is a lot of money. Um, but it really goes to show that, you know, the British tabloid culture is really toxic. There's definitely a reason why Meghan and Harry have such an issue with it, mm-hmm. um, but just unbelievable. It makes you worry about how many stories you're hearing in the media that aren't true. Right. That's so true. Yeah. It's like, you. what's the line between truth and uh and false it's it's you know it's kind of blurry when it comes to stories about them so i would imagine i understand why she's always so frustrated with them you know publishing stories that are not true and going right. to her friends to try to bribe them into saying things that are right. false right nice. right unbelievable all Just, right well, yeah uh, well, we um, well, Netflix is set to start filming the sixth season of The Crown. Very exciting. So they're set to start filming in August and the production is already looking for two actors to portray Prince William and Prince Harry. If you look like him, maybe uh, go and check out the casting call. Um, the Crown casting associate Kate Bone put out a casting call saying that she's seeking two actors with a strong physical resemblance to portray the brothers. And it seems like they're going to be in the teenage years. So this, um, you know, this is definitely going to be an interesting season. Yeah, I think it's so interesting. We don't really know the timeline of this season, yeah. but if if William and Harry are in their teenage years, that means it's probably post, um, you know, Diana's tragic death, yeah. maybe William entering university. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone will, uh, the internet will fall apart if they start searching or casting for a Kate, right. you know? Yes. <laughs> um, then we'll really know what's going on in season mm-hmm. six. Um, but it's going to be, I'm really excited to see how this plays out. I hope that they're respectful because when you start dealing with characters that are still alive and yes. still very much active, it's really difficult. It really is. And we, you know, uh, season five is going to be released in November. You, you forget that it's been so long since the last season was out. I believe season six is the final season. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they wrap it up and where in the time frame they, they kind of, uh, you know, close the, the close the chapter on the crown. Yeah, definitely. It's been such an iconic show for so long. And now with so much time in between what, four and five, I think it's really going to, you know, be an impactful couple oh, of seasons. Definitely, definitely. All right. Well, The Sun is reporting that senior Buckingham Palace aides have launched a major military style planning operation aimed at getting the Queen to Prince Philip's memorial service using helicopter and privacy screens. The Sun on Sunday understands senior staff will arrange to fly Her Majesty by helicopter on a 15 minute trip from Windsor to Buckingham Palace, which makes sense. We're going to talk a little bit more about this with Stuart in just a second, but it seems like they are um, going into a lot of uh, planning to make her feel comfortable as she travels. Yeah, I think that this is just a case where they are going to do absolutely everything to get her there. It is so important for her to be there and to be as comfortable as she can be. Um, It just shows what a priority it is for her to be at this service. Definitely. And like I said, it is time to break down the royal rules. And to help us do that is the author of Princess Diana, the voice of change, Stuart Pierce, who is going to tell us a little bit more about this military style operation and why Prince Harry's book is not a burn book. So take a look at this. Obviously, the Queen's health is still a topic of conversation. What have you heard and how is she doing? Well, she's actually really well, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the um, the sense of the way that her constitution at the age of 96 is mm-hmm. functioning, apparently, according to the doctors. The issue is that as a result of this acute um, calcification in her lumbar vertebrae, that she's finding it very difficult to move, which is immensely frustrating for the mobility of the queen, meaning that she, not just physiologically, but uh, I mean, the 
emotionally, mm-hmm. mentally, she's extraordinarily capable, independent, and mobile. Mm-hmm. So it's stopping her from driving, it's stopping her from riding, it's stopping her from, you know, just the simple thing of gaining independent access to a staircase. It looks as though we're going to see her in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a huge shift of consciousness for Her Majesty, because she's always shown this fearless and powerful independence. Mm-hmm. And so the very fact that she is having to give her power away, as it were, to that level of mobility, you know, the wheelchair, rather than being able to motor herself down the aisle at Westminster Abbey, is uh, is very concerning. Um, the Queen Elizabeth is not looking very well from that point of view, you know. Uh, Apparently, overall, her health is very robust for a 96-year-old, but there is this issue of mobility. So we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, we can pray for a miracle. Right. So you think at Philip's memorial coming up uh, next week, she will probably be, you know, there there have been some reports that they're, you know, they're trying to have, um, you know, put together a plan of how that she's going to get there, whether that be by helicopter, by car. But it seems like probably they'll do the quickest thing if she is wheelchair bound. Yes, because, I mean, after all, it's a drive of 30 miles from mm-hmm. Windsor Castle into the centre of London to um, to the venue. It's Westminster Abbey, I think, mm-hmm. isn't it? Where it's taking place, which is the Sovereign's Church. Mm-hmm. So most major activities such as this take place there. Um, and then, of course, getting out of the car and walking all the way down. It's, a, it's almost a quarter of a mile all the way down the Isle of the Abbey. It's a very ancient uh, medieval building. So um, I, I think she's going to be flown in via helicopter and then supported by a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. But let's wait and see. You know, maybe she will muster and ha- have a miraculous recovery. So that she, she, or, you know, maybe there's another way of her being able to gain access, mm-hmm. whether it's to do with the fact that, you know, that she is taken a back route or by a wheelchair and then she walks just a few paces and they create pomp and circumstance around that change of mobility. Mm-hmm. We'll have to wait and see. As usual, Buckingham Palace is being extraordinarily quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's largely to do with the, the great changes that have taken place within the constitution per se of the royal family. So mm-hmm. to look from the micro to the macro, because after all, there were huge eruptions as a result of Harry and Meghan deciding to move on their campaign of liberation, mm-hmm. um, much more severely so all the shenanigans around Prince Andrew, which seems to have been um, resolved in the most extraordinary way. And Prince Philip's passing, and now the Queen. Mm -hmm. And so we really are looking at the chronicle of changing times. Mm -hmm. And this is is sending shockwaves through the British nation, because everybody really is (gasps) stealing themselves with the possibility that this icon or archetype of constancy is possibly going to be leaving us. Mm -hmm. And in a time, as we were just discussing, you know, after two years of the global pandemic, moving into this terrible war that is on the brink of expanding throughout Europe and possibly elsewhere, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the terrible conflict in Ukraine, um, that everybody is feeling very uncertain anyway. So (laughs) it's time for our prayers, I believe. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. And I know the royal family 
family has been, you know, doing what they can in supporting of Ukraine. I know Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, they recently donated to a bunch of uh, support organizations. Um, the Queen and Prince William and Prince Charles have also spoken out. But what do you make of Prince Harry deciding to opt out of going to the memorial? And does that send shockwaves through the royal family? Are the, or was that almost expected? Well, as a result of this culture of uncertainty, I believe that the security forces have advised him not to attend, mm -hmm. purely and simply because the level of um, disruption that has been created within the collective psyche as a result of the disturbance within the household, mm -hmm. the, um, the, the exit point of Harry and Meghan, the establishment of their lives in California, the way that the British press are not uh, positive about the whole establishment of their lives in California, that there are these small tremors moving through the collective psyche. And so I believe it's largely to do with the security officials and that Harry is actually really down about not being able to attend this remarkable day in celebration of his grandfather, for whom he has tremendous love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would imagine that, like you said, Harry is probably disappointed that he cannot be in attendance. And, you know, there's all these rumors going around that, oh, you know, the, the security and maybe they don't, Harry doesn't want to see his family because of this book that's coming out. And I know that Omid Scobie, who is a royal reporter, he said that this upcoming book will not be a burn book, um, as some would say. I mean, what have you heard about this? And do you think Harry would actually put out a burn book of sorts? Well, <clears throat> I've always felt that the conduct of both Meghan and Harry all the way through this liberationist campaign has been forthright mm -hmm. and candid, but I've never seen it to be, to be disgraceful. I've never seen them to use expletives or rancor in relation to the substance of the emotional uh, sway of the royal family. Um, so I feel that the, the book won't have a burning mechanism mm -hmm. within it, because after all, as I think we may have shared before, Harry's point of view, his perspective has been formulated through two and a half years of psychotherapy. Mm. And uh, one of the essential tenets of psychotherapy is that once we begin to really identify what the crises are that has led to the unstable or um, unbalanced mental health within ourselves mm -hmm. is that we begin to take full responsibility for crisis equals opportunity for change. So we don't start blaming people or accusing people. Mm -hmm. Rather, what we do is to seek insight and resolution. So I, I feel the book will actually be candid, but it won't be excoriating. You know, it won't rip the skin off anybody <laughs> or burn anybody. There's far too much delicacy going on there. And may I add also an honoring and a respect of the extraordinary function of the British royal family in the nation's estimation and also, of course, within the intelligence of our global village. Mm -hmm. Do you think the royal family is worried about this book at all? Or do you think Harry's had discussions about what he may be divulging in this book? I'm sure he has. Yes, mm -hmm. I'm sure he has. Mm -hmm. You know, if he were to be absolutely outrageous about something, he would always find the parameter of what that outrage is all about. So he may be living through the impetuosity that 
dear Diana had, mm -hmm. but we never saw anything that she, she did to be callous or gross. Mm -hmm. She was forthright and she was true and she spoke her heart and her mind, but she was never, ever difficult about, you know, being, being cruel and being crude about people. Right. And, and Harry carries the same level of sensitivity. Mm -hmm. So he can be impetuous. He can be brave. He can be courageous. He can be highly independent, as we see mm -hmm. in this liberationist streak that he's developed with his dear wife. But at the same time, I don't see that he would ever be ungracious or rude. So he would always check out parameters. Yeah, it feels like Harry is definitely taking a page out of Diana's book with, you know, all these the liberation, as as you say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of it's, it's measuring all of the psychological impulses, you mm -hmm. see, because it's not just suddenly shooting, um, you know, shooting a, a force over the brow of the royal family, um, you know, in using heavy emotional ammunition. It's actually about revealing what the truth of his experience was, mm -hmm. because after all, from that very, very early age, he just sat on a tremendous amount of restriction. Mm -hmm. And what happened is it became... Um, a, a very challenging emotional detailing within his own within his own being, mm -hmm. as we saw. You know, we we saw the telltale signs when he was doing naughty things like appearing in um, an SS uniform or you know swimming naked, surrounded by twenty other people in a pool in a hotel in Las Vegas. I mean, these are all the telltale signs of impetuous behaviour. But there was nothing ever disgraceful about it because he always assumed that it was in private. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time and always giving us such fascinating insight and perspective. It's always such a pleasure. Thank you. Bless you. It's wonderful to be with you. Thank you. Of course. And make sure if you haven't yet, pick up Stuart's book, Diana, the Voice of Change. It is a wonderful read and uh, you, will, you will absolutely devour it. Stuart, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think Stuart makes a good point in saying, you know, Harry went through a lot of therapy over the past two and a half years. And this is kind of him putting that all on paper and figuring out like where he, he is in his life. And I don't think he's going to be taking specific aim at anybody in the Royal family. I don't think that this is going out to get anybody, but it will, um, you know, open up a lot of eyes to see what he has been through over the past, you know, 30 plus years. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we can really tell that he's been to therapy, that he's worked yeah. through so many things just with everything that's happened in the last few yeah. years. So it'll be really interesting to see what he wants to share with the world at this point. Definitely. All right. Well, before we wrap up, let's check in on our royal kids. And sources tell us weekly that Prince George is gearing up to be king one day. We hear his confidence has grown leaps and bounds over the last couple of years. He's assertive, self-assured and knows what he wants and doesn't hold back on speaking his mind. His personality is really starting to shine. Sounds like a typical eight year old uh, the future yeah. monarch however is still a fun loving kid with a cute mischievous side and the, the insider adds he likes to play pranks on his parents and siblings and making everyone laugh despite the responsibilities he'll entail in his future role kate and william don't want to see him grow up too quickly they're determined to give him as much of a normal childhood as possible and it's working wonders he's such a lovable down-to-earth little boy it's clear prince william and kate are raising him well Yes. I mean, from the little things that we see, it seems like they are raising him very well. Absolutely. You know, it's amazing. You never hear anything bad about these children. You always hear that they're polite, they're lovable, they're kind. Every once in a while you hear them that they're cheeky and they love to yes. play pranks. But I think that, like you said, that's every eight year old, that's mm -hmm. every six year old. <laughs> yes, definitely. And uh, it seems like they're raising him right. And, you know, not a conventional upbringing. It's not going to be normal right. for him. I mean, it's always going to be 
hanging over his head that one day he will be king. But I think that they will prepare him as best as they possibly can. Yeah. And it is interesting to see they're trying so hard to give him certain normal experiences, like spending his pocket money on a Friday afternoon after school. But at the same time, you know that one day he'll be the king of England. 100%. It's got to be strange. It has to be a weird thing. (laughs) All right. Well, Christine, thank you so much for running down all things royals with me as always. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. Keep commenting, keep subscribing, and we will see you guys next week. Bye.